everybody. Chris Webster here to talk about one of the latest supporters to the Archaeology Podcast Network, The Motley Fool. Now, I've been investing in the stock market through various applications for a few years now, and everybody who's listening to this can benefit from that sort of investment for the long-term financial planning. And also, I know the hosts of these podcasts can benefit because as archaeologists, like none of us get retirement, <laughs> we all have to kind of fend for ourselves. So investing in the stock market is a good idea, but not everybody can do it. And look, we get it. The market is complicated and confusing, and to many of us, it simply doesn't make sense. In fact, where do you even start? Take all of the guesswork out of it with the Motley Fool Stock Advisor. The Motley Fool has been around for over 25 years and has been spot on in recommending some of the world's most important companies before they hit the big time. I'm talking about Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, Starbucks, all before they exploded in value. With their easy to use and super informative service, Stock Advisor, you could join the ranks before they potentially find the next big thing. After all, their average stock recommendation is up over 400% as of April 10th, 2023. And no need to be intimidated by financial jargon or market complexities. As the name suggests, these guys don't take themselves too seriously. Now, finances, that's a different story. Their friendly and relaxed approach has helped over 700,000 people move closer to financial independence, all while beating the market and having fun. New members can access Stock Advisor for only $89 for their first year, a full $110 off the full list price. Don't sit on the sidelines and think about what could have happened. Visit fool.com slash APN to start your investing journey today. That's $110 discount off of $199 per year list price. Membership will renew annually at the then current list price. So again, check the link in the show notes of this episode. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. You're listening to the Archaeology Show. TAS goes behind the headlines to bring you the real stories about archaeology and the history around us. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Archaeology Show, episode 240. On today's show, we talk about Greece. Again. For the last time. Let's dig well, a little deeper. Hold on, not for the last time though, right? I mean, well, I've already dug deep though. <laughs> so it better be the last time. I can't go any deeper than this. <laughs> welcome to the show, everyone. How is it not going? <laughs> Um, I don't know how to answer that, so I'm just gonna say it's going well. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's been a, it's been a fall, and yeah. an, and an autumn, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. We missed another episode last week. Sorry to our edge of the cedars. Yeah, I mean, I like wasn't even gonna acknowledge it because I, I think that most people like don't even notice probably. But yeah, we were just so busy. Yeah, it was it was just a lot. Yeah. And we were on a heavy push across the country too with our mm -hmm. R V and it's just been, you know, a lot of driving. So Yeah, since last weekend we've gone from Las Vegas to eastern Oklahoma. We're in basically directly south of Tulsa yeah. right now. So yeah. it was a lot of driving in like a few days and plus we're trying to work around that too. So it's yeah. just been a week and we don't even have any fun things to say about the area that we're in really because we're in our RV. We're in our RV and we're not even experiencing <laughs> it. We're just like stopping in order to work, but we'll get to North Carolina eventually, which is where I'm from to spend the holidays with my family. So yeah. And then we'll be able to settle down and be less busy. Yeah. 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 So much like North Carolina, the city of Athens has been continuously inhabited for well over 5,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to immediately say that's not true, but it's actually I mean, true. It, it probably is true. Like there's no, Native Americans in the area like for a long time. At so. least 10,000 years documented. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, totally true. And, and some would say, according to a site in South Carolina, well over 25,000 years, Ooh. but that 
no. It's not totally. That is definitely on the fringes still. There's not a whole lot of. Only because there's not that many. Well, it just needs more research and more science to back it up. So let's not go down that road. Well, you know. There's a whole podcast we did about preclovocytes. I think a series even that you can go mm. listen to where we talked about all those sites that are did we talk about supposedly that one? older topper. I think yeah, we topper. did. I think we did. Huh. All right. Anyway. Yeah. We could bring on a guest that's worked there. He's a, he's a co-host of the uh, life and ruins podcast. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. This is our last grease episode and, it is. and we really wanted to do this one justice, which is partly why we didn't just like slam it out last Saturday because yeah. we could have we thought about it but we were like no we need to do like some good research and like really know what we're talking about because Athens I don't know for me it was my favorite part about the trip I think I just the town is so vibrant and mm-hmm. you know it's got it's like rough edges too and all the archaeology is amazing and it everything about it was just so like vibrant and alive I loved it there so so much yeah, it was pretty cool. There's so much to do. And yeah, it was neat because we were in this neighborhood that felt like we were in the heart of a big city, but also in a tiny little neighborhood. Yeah. Like, you know, because there was like little establishments, restaurants, coffee yeah. shops. We I know that there's really great food to be had all over Athens, but we ended up just eating in all the restaurants and cafes near the Airbnb we were staying at. And like we got like chatting and friendly with a couple yeah. of the people at the various restaurants and bars and stuff so it was just it's just a great experience yeah. the neighborhoods really make it feel like you're in a small town rather than a huge city right so anyway athens love it right. go visit so on this show we're going to talk about a number of the the big sites that we saw there because mm-hmm. there's a lot of good stuff to see there's the obvious stuff like the acropolis and the uh, parthenon mm-hmm. on top of the acropolis yes but then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that you know if you're in athens you're probably going to see these things yeah but then you may not have time to see all of these things in fact there's stuff we didn't have time to see yeah and some of it was further away and we were mostly walking to see yeah. this stuff so we just didn't have time to do it all but you'll see when you go to buy tickets to these things that they want you to buy like the combined ticket to see yeah. everything which is what we ended up doing it was we knew we weren't gonna be able to see everything but i think it ended up still being worth it to oh, buy that cheaper. like combined ticket yeah and just yeah. go see whatever you can possibly see so yeah yeah and on what day of the month is it pretty much free for all that stuff well it's like the first sunday of the month or something i no, i think it's a it was so the day that we got there was like september 20 oh it was the last weekend 23rd 23rd 24th yeah. but it's not all last weekends of the month it mm. is it was that weekend in particular was free the free day for right. for Greece, all all sites around the country, I yeah. think, are free that day. So, hmm. so we saw a bunch of them for free on that first day, but then we did want to go back and experience it more later on. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, there's a lot to see. One day is not enough, right? All right. Well, this first segment, this being the archaeology show, we're going to talk about basically the history of Athens, which largely involves the Acropolis. Yes, right. It's a central focus of like the history of the entire thing. So, yeah. so we're going to talk about that. Like mm-hmm. I said, Athens has been continuously inhabited for well over 5,000 years. And we say well over because... Oh, it's I mean, for sure longer than that. But people have, people yeah. have been in that area like yeah. as modern humans for like 100,000 years. Yeah. Right? So it's... When you say continuously inhabited, we know that up to 5,000 years ago, people were like based there. Yeah. Right? Agriculture. Mm-hmm. They were living there. They were having families there. Were established there. settlements yeah. there yeah. by 5,000 years ago, at least, if not... Right older than that so yeah yeah in fact going back to the acropolis pottery finds on the northwest slopes of the acropolis contained burnished pots of high quality showing that athens had five thousand years ago 
a settled population with technical and artistic standards, meaning that they had been there for quite some time at that mm-hmm. point. You know, yeah. I doubt they, they could have like moved in with all that, yeah. but it's more likely they, they moved in a while before that and they just established that there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And a quick note on the terminology here, because this is something that always got a little confused in my head too, but you'll hear us say the Acropolis and then there's the Parthenon. Mm-hmm. And what you should know is that the Parthenon is a structure within the Acropolis and the Acropolis right. is an area. It's like high top, high city. Isn't that what that means? Top Something of the like city. Top of the city. It's basically the the settlement at the top of the hill. And lots of places had Acropolises. There are yeah. Acropolises in other cities. So this is the Athens Acropolis that we're talking about and all the structures that are there. Yeah. So just keep that in your brain. It was it was hard for me to you know, figure out what was what when I first was learning about this too. So. Well, yeah, lots of older cities were typically based around one of two things, either a port mm-hmm. or a hill. Yeah. Because hills are where you put the the defensible things, mm-hmm. right? That's where you're you're going to you're going to stand your ground, right? So, yeah. lots of Greek cities had acropolises because it's a very hilly place. Mm-hmm. And they also there was also a lot of big port cities too like Piraeus, which is a city that grew up alongside Athens, but back in the day was kind of a ways away. Yeah. You know, when we we just took a taxi there, took 40 minutes to get there. Yeah. <laughs> we got <laughs> but, on our cruise ship. But the like monumental architecture that yeah. really does last through time. Yeah. That kind of stuff you're going to find on the Acropolis. And that is true in this case, too. Yeah, for sure. So that 5,000 years ago is in this area, what's known as the Neolithic. Mm-hmm. Even though they've got pottery and things like that, that doesn't mean they're not technically in the Stone Age. Right. <laughs> because it's still the Stone Age. Yeah. Right. Because really the ages, as we discussed in a previous podcast, is not really based on other technology. It's literally based on, you know, stone and metal tools and things like that, mm-hmm. which is a little bit crazy. And I don't think entirely accurate, but there it is. <laughs> um, there are also indications from pottery of similar standards, those technological standards we talked about during the Bronze Age, which is from mm-hmm. about 3000 to 1500 BCE mm-hmm. in that area. So a long time. Yeah, for sure. And then around 1200 BCE, the first, you know, buildings or structures are starting to appear. And starting to appear in the archaeological record. Exactly. <laughs> like they had things before that, but it might have been made of the kind of materials that don't last. Or as or these ones did, or they were repurposed. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of reasons why buildings and structures disappear from the archaeological record. It doesn't mean they didn't right. exist, though. Right. I mean, it's entirely possible they had organic, you know, huts, oh, trees sure. and, yeah. and branches and things and yep. hadn't really got into quarrying yeah. and, and creating these big stone structures yet. But, you know, if they did, like we said, either they just haven't been found or, mm-hmm. you know... They were well, repurposed into something else. And with the Acropolis, too, it's it's an area that was constantly built over and up and over and yeah. over and over and over again. They would build, build it up and then it would go down. And, you know, like so when you have so much building in one area, you, you do start to lose the traces of the older civilizations that were there because yeah. they're underneath everything where they get wiped away when they dig up a whole hillside to do whatever they're going to do. So, yeah. yeah, this time around 1200 BCE is just after this, this is about the time when the Acropolis was basically the citadel of the area, like mm-hmm. the the political and religious and influential area because mm-hmm. it was so prominent in the yeah, city. It was. And it's where they would receive all the like visiting foreign dignitaries and right. that kind of thing. Like you would have a procession into the Acropolis. It was, you know, just and it was so obvious. It's still to this day so obvious and visible on the top of the hill. So right. it was definitely like at the focal point of the city. Yeah. Now, this area of Greece is was known back then, and I think now as well, as Attica. And it was around this time, again, around 1,200 years ago, 
that a massive wall was constructed around the top of the Acropolis, and mm-hmm. some think that it marks the union of the 12 towns of Attica with Athens at the mm-hmm. center. Athens was one of the 12 towns of okay. Attica. Yeah. Kind so, of that whole like city states coming together sort right. of a situation. So even yeah. back then, Athens was like becoming the capital of <laughs> yeah. Greece, essentially. Yeah. Right. So, but I don't, th- don't think they really called it Greece back then. I don't know when the term Greece came around, actually, well, in my would research. Be like Macedonian time yeah. frame, right? I don't know so, when they started calling themselves Greeks. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. not sure either, actually. Yeah. Anyway, yep. another interesting thing here is that most of the town at this time was. South of the Acropolis. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, right now, it just like fills up the entire basin. Oh, like, yeah. You, up to the hills, you can see. It's like from Piraeus and then up the hill and yeah. on all sides of the hill. And Pretty then much everywhere. The airport is even farther away than all of that. Right. The ride from the airport into town is like extremely long and yeah. through lots of tunnels because there's mountains and stuff all around too. So, yeah. And in fact, remains of wells and houses have been found on that southern side of the Acropolis. Mm-hmm. And in, and we saw some of those because they built the Acropolis Museum, mm-hmm. which is this crazy thing that we'll talk about. But Cool yeah. contemporary building. Yeah. Yeah. They built the Acropolis Museum over the top of these ruins with these huge supports that support the museum over the top of it. And there's ongoing work going on down there. Yeah. But there's pathways all around with nice reader boards and stuff. And you can see a lot of the house structures and pits and things that we're talking about right underneath there. And yeah. these, date, these date back to a little more recent than that. But... Proof yeah. that there were buildings, you know, yeah. back down in that area. I mean, it was continuously occupied by yeah. people at some point or another, you know, and I just love that they decided to preserve the archaeology rather than filling it yeah. back in. Because I, I don't know if most people might not realize this, but when you excavate something, you don't just leave big holes in the ground. Mm-hmm. You you put the dirt back on top of it because you've gotten all the data out of it. You're done. You've collected what you need. And then either it gets dug up because it's not significant enough to preserve or you dump the dirt back in on top of it. But not in this case. They just left it open as a as a museum exhibit, which is really cool. Basically. Mm -hmm. Yep. The main cemetery for the area was to the northwest northwest and it literally called the necropolis. Just Mm -hmm. what they called cemeteries Mm -hmm. or Karamikos. Yeah. City of the dead. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that later because we actually went and visited that. We did. And then there were several richly furnished chamber tombs and some smaller ones discovered near that area as well that became known as the Agora. Mm-hmm. And so we'll talk about that too, because the Agora, we actually went to our first weekend in Annapolis yes, in, we did. in Athens. Yes. And then we went there again. Well, we kind of went there again. We, we, went we sort of it. walked around it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's huge. And we had lot. so many different places yeah. we wanted to see. We couldn't visit again, but yeah. yeah. So again, at this time, Athens was relatively peaceful for centuries. And pottery styles show an unbroken development from sub-Mycenaean, which means later than Mycenaean, but not yet Greek, mm-hmm. to proto-geometric, they called it. Um, and that's just the, the, the types of style. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second. Yeah. Um, and that's around 1000 BCE to about 750 BCE. Mm-hmm. The geometric style was actually a style of Greek art. And it had pots with horizontal bands filled with patterns and other geometric shapes. You've seen these. They're like these, almost like these black bands with squiggles and stuff yeah. like that. But it's very like triangular. Very and, and, yeah. yeah, very geometric. Yeah. Which I always, I mean, I always like objected to the word geometric meaning straight lines because circles are geometric as well. And so are squiggly lines. It's true. It's all geometry. But I have a question for you. Mm. If it's not a right angle. That's a wrong angle. <laughs> 100%. Nerd. Okay, go on. <laughs> all right. In the 6th century BC, Athens expanded during the reign of Pisistratus, probably the wrong pronunciation. That's close enough. Yeah. And his sons. And they also weren't very nice people. Mm. Yeah. They were yeah. pretty much tyrants, the yep. entire family. Yep. Um, the site of the Parthenon was first a temple of to Athena um, called the... Hecatompedon. Hecatompedon. Yeah. 
Which actually just means 100 footer. Yeah. We'll talk yeah. about that more in the next segment. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> uh, it was built around 580 BCE. Mm-hmm. And then continuing on the timeline here, in 566 BCE, exactly, the precursor to the modern day Olympics, the Panathenaic Games, was started. Mm-hmm. And that was by Pisistratus um, in honor of Athena. And mm-hmm. they took place every four years. Mm-hmm. So that was the first Olympic Games, basically, but they didn't call it that. Yep. In the 600s BCE, the old Agora in the lower town on the western approach to the Acropolis became inadequate for what they were using it for. Mm-hmm. So they designed a new one. They tore down. In fact, this is modern city expansion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nothing's different yeah. two and a half thousand years ago. I know. But they basically, tore down houses. I'm guessing it was basically the Greek version of gentrification, probably. <laughs> yeah. Imminent domain. Yeah. You yeah. Know, they're like, we yeah. need this area. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we need to put more columns up because we don't have enough. <laughs> But they tore down houses in this whole area on the, uh, I think it was on the northwestern side of the Acropolis. Yeah. We walked over there. It was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. They filled in wells and they created a broad open square and it was used for political, religious, ceremonial, and judicial gatherings. Mm -hmm. The columns over there were just gigantic. Yeah. I mean, gigantic. In 480 BCE, the city was destroyed by guess who? The The Persians. Persians. That's right. (laughs) They are Um, the Persians and the Venetians, man. They have had so many cameos in these stories. I know. (laughs) And they also destroyed the Acropolis and everything on top of it. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Which again, Um, we'll talk about that more in the second segment when we go through the actual Acropolis. Yeah. Athenians returned about a year later and built even larger walls than before, Mm -hmm. which again, didn't help later on, but they built larger walls. And this is also when something really cool was built called the Long Walls. And they connected Athens with the port at Piraeus four miles away. Mm -hmm. There were a corridor of walls 550 feet wide so they could basically transport goods between Piraeus and Athens. Yeah. Even while possibly enemies were just roaming the countryside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. So they just built a path basically that was yeah. protected. And they probably had yeah. archers and stuff on the, on the, yeah. on the walls. And, mm-hmm. uh, but either, even so just the walls themselves were formidable. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the Athenians were good at walls. Right. They weren't always good at keeping those walls intact because they definitely got invaded <laughs> like right. several times throughout history, but they definitely built a lot of walls and we'll talk more about the types of building material and stuff that they use for those walls. And yeah, they, they did a lot of that. All right. Well, we don't really want to talk a little bit anymore about Athens because it becomes basically modern city by then. They put up a Starbucks in 350 (laughs) BCE. I think they put up like, Basically, downhill I don't know, like there. a Savlaki shop, probably. But yeah, probably. <laughs> there's one in every corner one. and they're all delicious. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we don't have time to really go through the whole history of Athens. We wanted to cover the ancient history because yeah. that covers some of what we're going to talk about in the next couple of segments. Yeah. And we'll do that on the other side of the break. Hey, archaeology podcast fans. Anyone that's heard me on a show has likely heard me mention coffee one or probably a thousand times. Coffee, however awesome it is, has some downsides and should be consumed in moderation. That's why we partnered with Laird Superfoods. They've got lots of stuff, but their coffee and coffee creamers have been engineered to taste better, provide functional benefits, and don't contain any refined sugars. So are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LairdSuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code ARCPODNETFEED at checkout and save 15% on your purchase today. You can also click the link in your show notes. Welcome back to The Archaeology Show, episode 240. Don't just shake your head. I'm not engaging with that joke anymore. <laughs> you know, I was looking at iTunes reviews today uh-huh. for some of the Archaeology Podcast Network shows and I uh-huh. got over to ours. Uh-huh. There were some really good ones. But okay. then I got right back to that one that's from like May <laughs> where the person was like, good show ruined by inane chatter. And I was like, actually go like, F yourself. Well, I mean, you know what? That's fine because we have our chatter and it's our 
back and forth banter. It's who we are. And if you don't like it, that's fine. There's plenty of other podcasts out there. That's right. <laughs> All right. Now with more inane grease chatter. Here we go. <laughs> yep. All right. So now we're going to talk about the Acropolis and the Parthenon. First off, again, the Acropolis is so foreboding, right? Like our, yeah. our first night in Athens, before we went on the cruise, we had one night there. We had this Airbnb. And we were so excited to have a view of the Parthenon and yeah. the Acropolis from that Airbnb. Like I spent hours researching right. to find a place where we would have a view. And I actually was only looking for a rooftop view because all these hotels have rooftop bars, you know. And I was like, cool, yeah. we'll just go have a glass of wine and enjoy the view. But our room actually had a view. Yeah. And then we got there and it turns out that like <laughs> basically everywhere in the city has a view of yeah, the Acropolis. It's, it's hard <laughs> not to have a view. It is really hard not to. No, some views are better than others. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, you, just, you can see it from everywhere and you see why it's so important. Yeah. And right at sunset, they light it up. They do. Um, the Parthenon in particular, mm -hmm. but also like the edges of the Acropolis. Yeah. yeah. And it is just, it is just a prominent like structure yeah. that you just can't miss. It's yeah. it's just such a distinctive feature of the city, yeah. you know, and you can see it from everywhere. So yeah. I don't know. So, I, I really enjoyed having that. We had a view from our bed of mm -hmm. the Acropolis in yeah. the second place that we stayed at, which was just amazing. So right, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk about our experiences going there in a little bit. But yeah. Let's first talk about some some history of the Acropolis and the Parthenon. Yeah. So it is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, of course. What's not in Greece? <laughs> right. And it is on the list because the Acropolis and its monuments are universal symbols of the classic spirit and civilization and form the greatest architectural and artistic complex bequeathed by Greek antiquity to the world. That's a pretty bold statement. That is a lot of <laughs> fancy words to basically say that it's a really effing awesome example of Greek architecture. I, mean, I hope they have the exact <laughs> same description on the like the pyramids of Giza, right? I, I feel like they should, yeah. except for Egypt instead of right. Greece. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So like we've said a couple of times, what makes it special is it's located on this flat rock outcrop basically that mm -hmm. rises above the whole city it's visible from everywhere it's very defensible great location it's also not like anything else geologically around the whole area no, it's really not like, there, like are, a mesa. there are cliff walls coming yeah. down from the parthenon on some sides of it yeah. so yeah and you can see occasional cliff walls on the, the striking hills around you but they're more like rolling hills right yeah yeah. Uh, there's a lot of bedrock coming through, but it just looks different than anything else around there. It does. So it would have been a natural place for people to be like, that's important. Yeah. Let's put if I get up there. there, nobody can touch me for <laughs> yeah, sure. Exactly. So we touched on this a little bit in the first segment, but the earliest evidence of occupation is in the middle Neolithic period in the sixth millennium BCE. And then by the Bronze Age, the Mycenaeans had built a palace on the hill as well as a massive wall around it. So that was like we were saying, it's like the yeah. first instance of structures being built in that time frame. There were several temples and structures built over the years, and we're just going to go through a few of them now, like the most important ones, the ones that we have evidence for. There's probably more there that we don't know about. And like, there's just a lot of occupation over the many thousands of years. And, you know, now that people yeah. are still there too, you know, there were several temples and structures beginning with the entry gate or the old Propylia and the Hecatompedon, which was the first temple to Athena. And then also there was another temple to Athena called the old temple to Athena. Yeah. Athena was pretty important. Um, Very important to the people of this. Area. Yeah. And the Propylia is when you're taking the tour of the Parthenon, they basically lead you in and out of that gate, just like you would have, you know, 2,500 years ago. It's really yeah. cool to walk in that way. Yeah. Now we'll talk about that a little bit more like our actual experience with it. 
But yeah, you go right in through the Propylia now as it stands. Mm-hmm. There was an old one there. And like I said, two temples to Athena. They were built a few decades apart, but in the mid 6th century BCE. But yeah, I mean, Athena was just that important that they had two temples, right? Yeah. So the Hecatompedon was built where the current Parthenon is. And it was dismantled around 500 BCE to make way for not the current Parthenon, but <laughs> what they call the old Parthenon. Yes. <laughs> And the current Parthenon, just in case you're keeping track, is actually in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, and God. then there's the <laughs> oh other God. Parthenon in Athens. Uh, and then the other other Parthenon. I, I don't think we really talk about the Tennessee <laughs> one. <laughs> but and, and something we just heard from our uh, one of our favorite YouTube channels, the Sailing Channel, there's apparently a Parthenon oh, right. of Mexico. The Parthenon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Built by a basically a dictator, like it sounded an, like. Like an evil police chief. Yeah, an evil police chief. Cool. Yeah. So. That probably is wrong. So don't <laughs> don't send us letters. Or if you do, who should they send them to? A life in ruins at gmail.com. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> so the old temple to Athena, this is at the same time as as the Hecatompedon. Yeah. There's also the old temple to Athena, and it was built sort of in between where the current Parthenon is mm-hmm. and the current Erechtheon, which we will talk about in yeah. a little bit. So that was sort of the arrangement. It's really hard to visualize. Honestly, the best way to to visualize this is to just go on the web. And we've got some links in the show notes to just go see where these places are and were and what's there yeah. now. So, yeah. Now, this whole thing was destroyed by, guess who? <laughs> Our favorite sackers, <laughs> the, the Persians. <laughs> they just couldn't get enough. Right. Yeah. They're like, that Acropolis, we got to have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, they're, they, the second Persian invasion took place... In Greece during 480 and 479 BCE. We did mention that before. It was reconstructed yeah. in 454 BCE and then finally burned down in 406 and 405 BCE. Yeah, that's that was the history of that, yeah. that temple. So, yeah. Now, the old Parthenon, which we haven't gotten to the new one yet. So keep that in your mind. The old Parthenon was under construction when the Persian invasion happened. And so it got destroyed, basically, and looted like they mm-hmm. all did. So... They wanted a larger structure there where the Parthenon was, and then it got interrupted by this invasion. Yeah. And many of the pieces from the unfinished old Parthenon were incorporated into this newly built curtain wall, they call it, which they built that after the Persian invasion just for better protection. But what's really interesting about this is that these pieces that they used, like columns and stuff like that, were really prominent and visible in the wall around the Acropolis. Mm-hmm. And the the one article I read sort said they were using it sort of as like a memorial. I'm not sure that we can go as far as saying that, but yeah. it definitely it definitely was like a visible piece of the old Parthenon that was part of the wall now that you can see. And you can see that still today. There's like those columns right. that are just randomly in the wall going around the Parthenon. Right. So, yeah. The other thing that they did after they kicked the Persians out was that they buried all of the damaged statues, the religious objects, anything unusable from the looting and the destruction that happened. They buried them all in a pit together. And that was to basically serve as fill for future structures. They made a platform out of it, essentially. Yeah. In 1890, that was excavated in one of the most fascinating archaeological digs, you know, ever, (laughs) even though archaeology just started back then. Weird, right? To like be excavating all of this completely out of original context, but also in context for when it was, put in the ground like that right. like such an interesting like piece of archaeology to be involved in it's yeah really cool yeah a lot of what was dug up there is on display right now in the current acropolis museum 
Yeah. Which we took a look at. We did. We went through there. That it was really cool. And like yeah. a lot of the statues, you could see the fire damage on them and stuff. Some of the pieces that they had pulled out. Most of them were broken. I don't think they had any like fully complete complete ones in that section of the museum that yeah. we went through. Yeah. They were all pieces, I mean, but they were destroyed. They bared them for they a reason. Were. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it is yeah. a really cool thing to see the way they have it displayed there. So you can see what used to be there before, you know, the Persians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The Golden Age of Athens was around 460 to 430 BCE. They really recovered from the uh, the Persian invasions. Yep. <laughs> um, this is when a lot of the major structures were built by order of Pericles. Yeah. And this includes the current Proplia that we went through, um, mm-hmm. which again was just amazing, which was in part built on top of the old one, like they do most things mm-hmm. over there. Also, the small temple of Athena Nike, which is like her full name, located well, <laughs> next to the Proplia. <laughs> Nike is the goddess of victory or whatever. So they were basically right. like saying war and victory I understand. is here. Yes. <laughs> but it was like Athena representing victory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Athena. Yeah. Which yeah. I like to think of as her full name. <laughs> Athena. <laughs> Miss, Miss Nike. Miss, Miss victory. <laughs> yeah. And Pericles, we shouldn't just gloss over him. He was like the driving force behind the building of a lot of these major structures that are mm-hmm. still still there today. So thanks to that guy, we've yeah. got we've got all we've got the Acropolis the way it is now, basically. Yeah. Oh, and he yeah. built the Parthenon. That oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. That little thing there. That shack on the hill. <laughs> yeah. The Erechtheon was also built around that time and it was built on uneven ground. I mean the Acropolis isn't exactly level. No. You know, you'd have to level areas of it. It's but, a hilltop, but it's yeah. definitely got a slope to it. Yeah. And it's, likewise, it's not symmetrical like a lot of Greek temples. Yeah. When we saw it, we were like looking in on one side, but it like, it slopes steeply mm-hmm. down away from that main entrance. Yeah. But my favorite part about the Erechtheon is the, the porches. So it has yeah. two porches, which I guess is unique to begin with. And the one to the Southwest, the, the structure of the porch was supported by what they call caryatids, which are female statues instead of columns. Yeah. And that was my, I think that is hands down my favorite thing. It was my favorite thing in the museum and also my favorite thing up at the Acropolis because it's just like ladies being ladies holding up the building. Right. Cause that's what ladies do. We hold stuff up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have this amazing hair. Like, I don't know. The detail was just so cool in those yeah. statues. So they've got a little jaunty leg out too. And there's yeah. a picture of Rachel standing with those in the background <laughs> trying to jaunt her leg out. I'll try to include it in the uh, post on Sunday. Please, please don't. <laughs> I did not give you permission for that. So I mentioned they're in the museum and also at the Acropolis. And that's because the originals have been removed and reproductions were put into their place on the Acropolis because of the damage. There's a lot of acid rain, I guess, in Greece. Yeah, it's a big city. Yeah, and then also just like damage over the years. So they brought them in and there's a really cool display in the museum where you can see how they've been cleaning them up and the restoration that they've been going through. So, yeah. So the Erechtheon, it's an interesting building, really, just all around because Mm -hmm. it seems to have been like a joint place of worship for both Athena and Poseidon Erechtheus. Yeah. Which sounds weird. Poseidon would be the god of the ocean, right? And then Erechtheus was like supposedly the first king of Athens or something mm. like that. He was called Erechtheus. And then the Parthenon has the whole story in the, in the what are they called up at the top there? Not the Metopes, but the... Oh, I don't remember. The big, the big mural thing on each yeah, end. Yeah, and they've got the whole story of Poseidon versus Athens versus Athena and then Athena won and that's why it became Athens but Poseidon is still very important to the people of Athens so he gets a, a little like small temple to Poseidon right. basically so yeah right there was 
Later construction on the Acropolis of monuments to Roman emperors and other foreign kings, of course. Also, something cool that's not exactly on the Acropolis. It's down on the down down on the, the slopes. slopes there. Yeah, it's called the Odeon, and it was built by the Roman Herodotus Atticus in 161 CE. It was destroyed a century later, but then rebuilt in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1950s. Yeah. Right? 1950s. Um, yeah. Today it's a music venue. Yeah. And in fact, we tried to get. We looked for tickets, but we they weren't we, they weren't playing anything while we were there. Yeah, so. we were just in a kind yeah. of a lull for the venue, unfortunately, because it would be so cool to go to a two thousand year old, yeah, you know, amphitheater. Basically, I know. that's basically <laughs> what it is. Yeah, I mean, you're sitting on the I don't know if they got like cushions or whatever, but you're sitting on like the stone benches and yeah. you know the stage, and it's just this whole crazy thing. Yeah, so. you've got this big, tall like what would have been a structure behind it. So yeah. yeah, it looks really cool. There's been some really big names that have performed there over the years too. Right. So yeah. So as we all know, the Acropolis has some damage on it and notably the Parthenon. Yeah. <laughs> the Parthenon's not exactly in great shape. In fact, when you look at it, it is, they're doing some restoration and there's also some columns and things that have had pieces added to them to yeah. sort of fortify them. And they've used a distinctly different compound. So you can tell what the old and the new is. Yeah. They want you to know yeah. the the different, the lighter color basically is the new stuff that they're putting in, in this restoration right. process that they're going through. Also part of this restoration is they're not restoring it back to like original Parthenon glory. They are restoring it back to basically when it was destroyed. It's just been falling apart more than that. Yeah. Right? So they don't want to forget. They don't want to, you know, remake the Parthenon. They're just trying to stabilize it basically. Yeah. But why did it get destroyed? Hmm. Well, wasn't the Persians this time. <laughs> not the Persians. It was our other favorite Ooh, people. Who could it have been? I uh, know. These people that they, all they wanted to do was deliver pizza to Athens. <laughs> But they brought with them artillery and it Wait, was the why Venetians. Why would you say pizza? The because Venetians? pizza's everywhere. And the Venetians, the Venetians don't have anything to do with pizza. That the Venetians Naples. literally brought pizza <laughs> through Naples okay. to Athens and pasta. All joking aside, we've talked about this up. before. No, there is a ton of Italian food in Greece. There is. Yes. Like Greece a is ton. heavily influenced by there's, Italian. There's yep. Venetian architecture. There's Italian food. I mean, that's not all a coincidence. I mean, I know it's just <laughs> right. across the bay. Yes. But, yeah. and everybody loves a good pizza. Yeah. So. Well, the Venetians were making the rounds through the yeah. Adriatic and they were just. Yeah, sacking and pillaging. Yep. They were taking whatever yep. they could and. Yeah. In 1687, during the Venetian siege of Athens, during the. Morian War, the Parthenon was being used as a gunpowder magazine. Seemed like an oversight. Well, they didn't really care much about the Parthenon at that point. It wasn't important. They, they, they probably also didn't think it could be destroyed. They probably didn't. They probably thought this <laughs> yeah. is the safest place in town yeah. because it's surrounded by huge marble walls or right. columns. I guess not walls so much, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, <laughs> well and the cool thing is there's a, there's a hill that you can see. I think it's to the southwest of yeah. the Parthenon and there's a big structure on that. And the Venetians were actually stationed right there. And it's a long ways away, it looks a like. A long ways away. But they yeah. were hurling these artillery shells. Uh, what were they? What would they have been? I guess like flaming cannonballs or something, probably. Something like that. Some kind yeah. of artillery. Yeah. yeah. But they had a, just a lucky shot that happened to hit that gunpowder magazine and just blew the crap out of the Parthenon. Yeah. It, it almost landed like right in the middle of it. And yeah. it took out most of that, that southern side, right? The one that we could see yeah, yeah. from our... Airbnb. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then also some of the columns on the other side too. It just right. was like a direct shot. So yeah. that's why when you think of the Parthenon, you think of those fallen down columns in the middle. You can thank the Venetians for mm-hmm. that. <laughs> that's right. I swear we're going to do a Venetian episode because they, I feel like they need to be, I don't know, 
given some some credit for all the things they did do. <laughs> we should do a whole series, like a season, call it True Crime, The Venetians. <laughs> yeah. And then Everything season two will the be Venetians The Venetians destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, anyway, that's the Acropolis and the Parthenon, which is, of course, the focal point of Athens. There's so right. much to see there. We didn't even really talk about our experience of going there. I think the what is the biggest tip you would give anybody who wants to go visit uh, the, the tip that we saw and didn't adhere to, which was go in the morning yeah. or go in the evening. Right. Yeah. It's hot there. So it's going to be warm up on there. There's no shade. Yeah. We were lucky that it was, I mean, it was warm and no shade, but it was actually but relatively was, cool. Yeah. Like, Cause it was October. So yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, yeah. but, but the people we were, we were just in a, in a line of people going yeah. up there and they were just shuttling them through because you actually have, time frames that you go you have an hour that you have to go there mm-hmm. and then you get in and everybody wants to get in right at the beginning of that hour so you're just yeah. shuttling through the gate there and then it kind of kind of loosens up a little bit but right at the proplia when you're going up these steep steep steps and if you're mobility challenge you're not going to make it but there yeah. is an elevator that'll take you up the sidewall of the acropolis oh is there yeah. okay i didn't realize so, that yeah yeah it was pretty cool yeah definitely um, do that if you do have mobility issues because we saw some people oh, who, struggling who were really struggling yeah and yeah. like had they known about the elevator i bet they probably would have taken right. that option because it's not a super accessible place it's very much not yeah yeah there's steep steps they're but, they're they're high yeah yeah. But like you are walking up the steps of the ancients, oh, you yeah. know, it, it is the cool. original steps yeah. of, you know, Greece in the golden age. And yeah. even though you're touching the elbows of people that you don't know, like the whole way up the yeah. steps and like around and when they lead you through and yeah. like you might end up like sniffing somebody's hair and you didn't know right. who they were and like that kind of sucks. But, but, but then here's <laughs> the other thing. Once you get up there, I mean, you're just like. You're, you're just like on your own. Yeah. And, and it really widens out. It does. And because they limit the number of people up there, that bottleneck that's the proplia yeah. really opens up. It opened up and, and it didn't feel so bad after no, that. No. I mean, you can obviously take a guided tour. There were plenty of those. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, if you want to take a guided tour, do that. But I feel like with a bigger group, you're just cu- being part of the problem and not the solution. Yeah. But if that's what you're part of, then do it. That's yeah, fine. yeah, for sure. But we found actually a free app. What was it? Rick Steves? Yeah. Or something like that. There's a free audio guide that you can download that was actually really well done. Mm -hmm. And they, they guide you around. They tell you exactly where to go. And then they give you these, you know, tidbits of where you're at. They say, face this direction and look at this. And Mm -hmm. then we'll tell you about it. And it was, it was really, really well done. And we just shared a headphone. Basically we each had one Mm -hmm. of the AirPods and and we listened to that as we went around. I like that. It gave us control. Like when we wanted to stop and look at something a little bit longer or maybe wanted to get closer to something to take a photo and you know how people like line up to take the photo ops, you know? So like the tours will push you through. Yeah, they will. And you won't really have time and you have to keep going. But when you do it like this, it just feels so much more independent and we could stop and just enjoy the experience. That's just a a tip for I think most of Athens and Greece and probably lots of other areas is mm-hmm. I didn't really know, or we hadn't really used too much these audio guides that, that are like all over yeah. the place. Now some museums and things like that, they have their own, like buy this, you know, rec- buy this tape recorder thing, yeah. you know, and you can listen to that. And those can be really well done too. Like I'll never forget going to Dune Castle in uh, Scotland. Oh, that was amazing. Wasn't it narrated by Eric Idle? Yes. From Monty Python? Because yes. that's where Holy Grail was shot. Yep. A lot of it anyway. Yeah. And uh, and there were just like Holy Grail references. And yeah. It was, really it, was well done. it was amazing. That was like yeah. totally worth all the money that we spent on it. Yeah. But, yeah. but you can get, like I said, there's a lot of guides out there for a lot of places around the world that you can download an app and get the guides mm-hmm. on there. They're usually four or five bucks. Yeah. You know, whereas a tour will cost you, you know, eight times that amount. Yeah. So. I mean, there's something to be said for the in-person interaction, of course. Yeah. But for us. 
we liked having and and we are archaeologists so like we do know a little bit about what we're looking at sort of yeah you know so like having the ability to control the tour and what what kind of time we were spending in what areas right. and yeah it just worked really well for us so right yeah it was all right great. well let's take a break and come back on the other side and talk about the city of the dead <laughs> pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to episode 240 of the Greek Archaeology Show. And uh, except <laughs> not after today. Not after today. We'll leave yeah. Greece alone for a little while. Yeah. So... So we already have a few corrections because we just realized, you know, we're just mowing through this thing. And I said a few things <laughs> we wrong. We went to so many different it places. All, it kind of starts blending together. Listen, <laughs> when you see, it's like when you go to Scotland and you're like, oh, another castle. <laughs> like Athens is like, oh, another column. Right? Yeah. Another, another, another big temple. Thing, another, right? yeah. It's all really cool, but it really it's just all amazing. blends in your head. So it does. The Roman Agora, which is different than the other Agora, which means marketplace. Yeah. The Roman Agora is completely different than the thing that I mentioned yeah. earlier. I was talking about, what was it called? The the Temple to Olympian Zeus. The Temple to Olympian Zeus. That was on the northwest side of the Parthenon, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that was a big open expanse. And it was just these massive the, columns. The biggest that, columns we saw yeah. basically out of probably any it's even right. bigger than the parthenon they were taller columns, for sure right? yeah. yeah i don't know what this thing looked like when it was new but there wasn't a lot of it left I, except I for these it, huge columns i think it was never fully finished which is part right, of the reason right. the why uh, why it was the way it was yeah. so yeah so the the roman agora was the thing that replaced the agora that we're about to talk about yeah where they you know and that was closer to the the original agora it was and yeah. the roman agora has a really cool big entry gate to right. remember going under that and then it has yeah. that round structure over in the corner too yeah i remember it much smaller just because i think by the time we get we're doing this a little backwards but we'll get the small stuff out of the way first but the the roman agora was just it was just a smaller smaller society smaller everything by that time yeah. it just wasn't the quote-unquote golden age of greece when it right. was built and in use so yeah right. interesting thing is though as the city was you know becoming much more populous i mean the big agora that we're going to talk about right now it was, it's massive it was massive, and it was yeah. wide open yeah like there doesn't seem to be evidence of a lot of structures like people weren't living in there when they stopped using that i mean i don't understand how they were able to keep it uninhabited for the most part you know there's some temples and things on there maybe it was just sacred or something but i, I but it was a marketplace too so it was it was a market hell? it was it was everything it was yeah it wasn't just marketplace it was a gathering place it was where yeah. You know, their whole judicial system was there, their courts, their yeah. jails, trials, everything. All of that happened in the Agora. So, right. you know, the Acropolis would have been the religious center of the city, right? It's Or where you received important people. It was right. the ceremonial center of the city. Yeah. But the Agora was kind of like the heart for the people. You know, it's where yeah. all those things I just mentioned with the government were happening. So, yep. I don't know. It's almost more interesting to me from that perspective, because this is like where real life happened. Real Athenian life happened here in yeah. the Agora. And it was used as a gathering place for those purposes for 
5,000 years. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And there were, like, in addition to the other things you mentioned, courts and prisons and courts that enforced Athenian law, of course. Yeah. Everything was there. So. Yeah. It, it was constant use from that time. It was it was built and destroyed and rebuilt in cycles over and over and over again. Right. So, yeah. Now, there are two main structures today that you can see when you go in. There's the extremely well-preserved temple of Hephaestus. Yeah, that was which, cool. Yeah, it's like up on a hill, of course. Because, yeah. you know, you always got to put a temple on a hill. You can't go in because tourists no, suck. No, I know. It would be so cool to actually go inside one of these things. But none of these structures were open to, like, actually mm-hmm. walking inside. The closest you got to that is the Propylia. Although I think I've yeah. been saying that wrong, haven't I? I think so. What? How? What is it? Propylia. Propylia. Yeah. That's that how I heard it pronounced on our Propylia. little tour guide. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the, pro- yeah. well, you know what? Forgive me for my terrible pronunciation. Well, you know, I'm not known for pronouncing things well. If you had studied Greek <laughs> over the summer. You just pronounced that wrong. So if you had studied Greek over the summer, <laughs> uh-huh. you would know things. Oh, would I? Instead, you don't. No, I'm good. Anyway, right. so this temple is extremely well preserved, really, really beautiful. And we've yeah. got some great pictures of it, which we'll probably share and. Yeah, so that was one of the main structures that's left. And then there's also the huge stoa of Atelos. Now, this is another one that they rebuilt in the 50s, similar to the Odeon Theater. And basically, they followed the plans of the ancient stoa. And the reason that they sort of rebuilt it the way that it looks today is Mm -hmm. to store and display the artifacts they were finding during excavations in the Agora. They need a place to put them. So the marketplace, you know, back in the day, It would have been full of artisans, merchants, workshops, anything that you wanted to buy and sell would have happened in this area. Yeah. And the Greeks loved, uh, you know, orating. So it would have been a place of public debate as well. And uh, the democratic political system developed and became the basis of our government today. Yeah. It's because of all these things. I know. Isn't it amazing to think that like half the governments in the world happened because of this, you know, of the, the great minds of this time frame. And what they were talking about and doing. And it's yeah. just really cool. So yeah, it's not impressive necessarily as the Acropolis. And in fact, the Acropolis kind of looks down on it. It does. Or it looks up to the Acropolis. Yeah, it's right below the yeah. Acropolis, basically. What is it they call it? Mars Hill, I think. There was another name, too. Which oh, the is, other hill. It was yeah. at the top of the Agora between yeah. there and the Acropolis. Yeah. We went there and you just stand up on these rocks. And it was just an amazing view of not only the Acropolis off to your right, but mm-hmm. then the Agora down below. So yeah, yeah it was pretty, pretty impressive down there, but Very it was cool. a, again, a massive, massive area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not where, like we've said that the foreign dignitaries were received or the religious offerings were made or anything, but it's, you know, it's, it was where the people did their thing. They did the living thing there. And yeah, yeah I just love that. So when the people were ready to do the dying thing, uh, <laughs> they went to the... <laughs> to the Karamikos. The Athens Necropolis. Yeah. Yeah. And that is actually, if you're walking around Athens right now, listening to our podcast, which is, this is a terrible guy. Oh, by the yeah. Way. This is not a good guy. Yeah. Go find somebody else. There's way right. better ones. Yeah. Don't listen to this and <laughs> Listen to this and get inspired to go to Athens. Right. Watch out for the taxi. All right. So uh, anyway, so the Necropolis is actually not that far from the Agora. It was just a five, 10 minute walk yeah, for us. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The Latinized version of Keramikos is Ceramicus. Ceramicus. Yeah. And I loved this because it's where we get the English word ceramic from. Mm, yeah. So, and the reason for that is because Keramikos is in the Northwest part of the Acropolis. And that would have been the potter section of the city back uh, in the yeah. day. So ceramic potter, ceramicus. And now we get the word right. ceramic from that. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, this was first used as a cemetery from the 3rd millennium BCE, and the first official cemetery was established about 1200 BCE, give or take. And just as a little side note here, I mean, you go in through their little 
museum that they've got there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good write-ups and things like that. And some, I guess, grave markers, or so to speak. Monuments, or, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. some of these, I just started looking at the dates and I was like, that's not real. I mean, they were like 2,000 years old, 2,500 right? years old. Yeah. Some of the older ones. I mean. And that's just the ones they had on display. Yeah. When you went to go down to the bathroom, I was just kind of wandering around and like, there's just piles of, yeah. I'm not sure headstone is the right word because that's what we call modern yeah. grave markers, but but these columns and I don't know what you call them, but they, they just, they were so old and there's yeah. so many of them. And they're not where they were originally. There's just like right. piles of them because they've excavated them and found them. Yeah. But the the bodies that they're related to are are long gone. So Yeah, and some of the some of the monuments and things may be long gone as well because of what we're about to talk about next. Yeah. Yeah. So Keramikos is both inside and outside the old city walls at the Dipilon Gates, which is near the banks of the Eridanos River. Yeah. And after the Persian attacks on Athens in 480 BCE. They have a drinking game. Persians, I'm taking a drink of wine. <laughs> yeah. That Persian attack, man, it really did a number on Athens. Like so right. much of what happened, so much of what we have left today was built because the Persians basically destroyed everything that was there yeah. before. So Persians ruined everything. They did, but they, but you know what? They built up better. They did better after that. So, yeah. But they did need a new city wall because they were very interested in protecting yeah. themselves in that moment. And they needed it quick. Yes. It needed to be quick and it needed to be good. So do you know what makes really good building material as it turns out? Marble that's already carved. Marble that's already <laughs> carved and not in the side of a hill. Right. So on the suggestion of Themistocles, all the funerary sculptures and mausoleums in the cemetery were used as building material in the wall yeah. because they needed that material and they needed it quick. And you yeah. know what? It's right there. And probably, you know, the families are long gone. Like these were old, these were old, old yeah. sculptures and stuff at this point. So this, yeah. well, this wasn't an uncommon thing. We had an article a few months back where we talked about a Koros, I think, oh, yeah. and parts of ones, which was naked people wall. statues, yep. mm-hmm. naked man specifically for the Koros mm-hmm. and just used as building material, like yeah. the upper torso is just like in a wall. Yeah. Like it might not yeah. be perfectly block shaped for the wall, but you know what? They didn't have to go cut it Build out of a mountain. It. So yeah. it was definitely better than doing that. Right. And when you need material and you need it quick, because you never know when those Persians are going to show back up again. Yeah. You no, know, you can't blame them, really. So, yeah. Yeah. After that wall was constructed, the road known as the Sacred Way that entered the city gate in the south side along with another road, the Street of Tombs, became lined again with lavish tombs and monuments of the rich Athenians. Yeah. It's like they yeah. kind of forgot about what happened to all right. those old structures and like what happened before the Persians, you know, yeah. showed up. So and then the rich Athenians are like building stuff up again because that's what this. they do. <laughs> yep. But in 317 BCE, the building of large tombs was banned by decree. And after that, only small columns or square blocks were allowed. Right. I'm not really sure why they were so against it. I guess they just didn't want it to be ostentatious or something like that. I'm blaming Christians. <laughs> not in 317 BC. <laughs> you can't blame them yet. Okay. <laughs> not yet. Definitely. No, not yeah. yet. <laughs> so. I don't know. I think they just, you know, the city's big and, and they're like, you know what? We don't have space for this. Yeah, we don't need this right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So they all moved to New Orleans <laughs> and decided to build them there. Right. So. Again, made up nonsense. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, yeah. I just I think that was really interesting. And one of the one of the really over the top big grave markers, I guess, mm-hmm. was is on display in the museum there. And it even says that it's one of the very last ones that was allowed. And it's like 
these these people, these lamentations, right? Like these, <laughs> yeah. it's like a woman, and then there's other people like crying all around her, and it was, I know, it was like they had to show how sad all the people were, right? That this person had died. Some of the representations and statues and carvings were just, they really were telling a story. They were. It, it was less. Yeah. It was less a, a description of things, although there were inscriptions, which were really cool because, mm-hmm. like I said, I, I did try to learn some Greek over the summer and the Greek alphabet. There is ancient Greek and there's modern Greek, but the Greek alphabet, it really hasn't changed a lot. There's definitely some differences, but mm-hmm. you can pick out some of the same symbols and things like that. And it's not like I could really read it, but it was like I could almost pick out certain syllables and words and things. And it was yeah. just really neat seeing these 2,500 year old things and going, Oh yeah, I, I can almost kind of get that. Like if I study a little longer, yeah, you could. I, I feel like one of those, you know, not necessarily Indiana Jones, but one of those older type of movies where like the the old professors <laughs> with the candle inside of an Egyptian pyramid yeah. going, "Oh, go to the golden sun on the thing." Yeah, shut up. But anyway, that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah, that yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, it was it, pretty neat. It was really neat to to see that, and I loved all the offerings that were also on display in that museum mm-hmm. because when they when they've excavated yeah, the cemetery over the years they they're not just finding headstones or sculptures yeah. you know that were marking graves it's also the offerings that people would leave yeah. behind for their families and it's sometimes just these like beautiful beautiful pots and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff that were left for for people so oh, yeah. that was definitely a big part of the the burial tradition in ancient Greece was the offering piece of it as well so, for sure yeah All right. Well, I think that's about enough for today and it's enough for Greece. We're going to be back with a news episode so we can catch up. There's been a lot that's happened. So much news. I put an article into our little planning area from like two months ago that I'm still excited to talk about, but I can't believe it's been so long. I've saved probably 15 articles on my app and news. Yeah. Yeah, It's (laughs) ridiculous. I feel like we need to have like a couple news episodes to catch up. Yeah. And you know, we're coming up into a holiday season, so expect us to miss an episode or two. We I'm might. just going to say, yeah. you know, and we, then we've got some big events coming up in January too, but you know, we try to hit it every week, but we're also human. So, yeah. you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. Yep. So, I mean, if you do want it to happen, you could become a member of the Archaeology Podcast <laughs> Network and fund these efforts because, yeah. you know, while we do appreciate the members that we do have, uh, it doesn't quite pay for everything. And you do hear advertising on this too, that also really isn't paying for anything. That programmatic advertising, we get like... 60% of that and it's pennies. I mean, literally pennies. So it takes a lot and I want to get rid of all the advertising. So mm-hmm. gift a membership, give somebody a membership, oh, yeah. you know, this, season, this holiday right? season. Yeah, for sure. And they can, they can join in our Slack team and, and participate in conversations about these episodes with our other members and also help keep the lights on over here. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. All right. With that, I guess we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Archaeology Show. Feel free to comment and view the show notes on the website at www.archpodnet.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ArcPodNet. Music for this show is called I Wish You Would Look from the band Sea Hero. Again, thanks for listening and have an awesome day. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, Dig Tech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Rachel Roden. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network.
visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.